The following program is being brought to you on the Voice America Sports Channel. For more information about our network and to check our additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit voiceamericasports.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit voiceamerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the following program are strictly those of the host or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management. The horses are at the gate. And they're off! Welcome to Winning Ponies. With a weekend coming up, this is the spot to be for news, handicapping, and spotlights featuring the winners behind horse racing today. Now, here's your host, John Engelhart, racing's regular guy. And thanks so much for joining us here on Winning Ponies. Might be a slightly abbreviated show. We had some technical difficulties. Big storm came in and covered the studio up, knocking us off the air for a little bit. Just uh, want to let you know we've got Mike Penna with us from uh, Horse Racing Radio Network, and we've got Dan Illman from the Daily Racing Forum going to break down Travers Day. Let's face it, this week it's Faratoga. So uh, American Pharaoh has uh, arrived at the Travers uh, with a police escort. Uh, of course, throngs of people taking uh, pictures of him with him. Derby winner, funny side. He's going to be at an old friend's event uh, later on, so he's in there now. You're going to be able to watch it on TV. NBC scheduled a two-hours Travers broadcast. So you will definitely see that and a lot of backup stories there. Uh, Lafitte Pinkai III will host the live coverage from Saratoga. Uh, joined by Randy Moss, Jerry Bailey, Donna Barton Brothers, uh, handicappers Eddie Olzik, Bob Newmeyer, and Larry Colmus, and I believe Matt Bernier, a friend of ours, will be there too. Of course, uh, big news of the week, we'll talk to our uh, uh, guest about this, was uh, Beholder's Domination and the TVG Pacific Classic at Del Mar put on a performance like we haven't seen in years. The big question is, will this now launch her into a matchup in the Breeders' Cup Classic? All of her uh, fees will be paid now, and she could go. What a matchup if she was going to go to post against America Ferrero. Uh, don't forget, Zenyatta is the only female to win the Breeders' Cup Classic, so this certainly would stamp Beholder uh, as quite a historic mare. And they say that there's even an outside chance that uh, because it would be good for racing that she's going to be back in training next year. Again, we'll uh, touch on our guests for their input. Uh, Palace Malice has officially been retired to uh, Three Chimneys Farm. Of course, he won the Grade 1 Belmont Stakes. Also, a winner of the Met Mile, and of course, a lot of horses that have won the Met Mile have gone on to be sensational studs. And he's a son of Curlin, who's absolutely red hot right now. I would expect that uh, his stock is going to go uh, way up. And uh, Jess's dream uh, showed his potential. We were waiting for this horse uh, to start the first foal out of Rachel Alexandra by Horse of the Year. So you had a Horse of the Year out of a Horse of the Year. Jess's dream broke a little slow but got the job done. So it'll be looked forward to seeing him go on in his future. Uh, well, I just uh, touched on some of the lead stories uh, of the day, but right now we're going to take a very quick break. When we get back, we're going to be talking with Mike Penna, all things Faratoga. The 
is a beauty. It's a fly ball deep right field. That goes O'Neal. He's at the shot. Got it with 2.8 seconds left to left. I don't care where they put him. This one is out of here. From high school to the pros, we we cover everything. Let your voice be heard. Voice America Sports. What? Can't make it to the track? You can still get all the action with winningponies.com, the home of the easy win form. The most accurate predictions on thoroughbreds, quarters, and Arabian horses at most American and Canadian tracks. Whether it be the Triple Crown, Breeders' Cup, Travers, Haskell, or your daily races, don't worry. Let winningponies.com make some money for you. Want to experience football from the perspective of two former players who also have coaching experience? Tune in to Sports Info UM with Daryl Oliver and Sam Sword. We'll talk about the drafts, play-by-play, and even what's happening in the offseason. Daryl and Sam have the connections and the knowledge to bring you the inside stories of the game's past, present, and future. We'll cover the camps, on and off field, and everything else, football and beyond. Sports Info UM is heard Mondays at 8 p.m. Eastern, 5 p.m. Pacific on the Voice America Sports Channel. Are you ready for a show that's all about what goes on behind the scenes and how it relates to what you see on the field? Tune in for Nick Ferguson's Secondary Perspective on the Voice America Sports Channel. Our guests will bring you the stories, the opinions, the expertise, and the inspiration behind what you hear in sports news. Find out what happens next. Listen for Nick Ferguson's Secondary Perspective. Live every Thursday at 10 a.m. Pacific Time, 1 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Sports Channel. Check your feelings at the door and enter the Man Cave. Don't let the name fool you because we're here for anybody that wants to talk and listen in. Host J.D. Harris and Ray Austin are here to lead the forum from the fans, former players, owners, execs, and coaches. While inside the Man Cave, you do whatever you like. We won't judge. We'll even go beyond sports to talk technology, current events, and entertainment. Tune in every Wednesday at 3 p.m. Pacific Time, 6 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Sports Channel. Do you love sports talk? Can't get enough sports talk? Have we got a show for you. It's about the NFL training camps, Super Bowl previews, a look at the new starting quarterbacks, and weekly key injuries. We'll take your calls and emails right on the air. Former Philadelphia Eagle James Loving is your host, and you never know who'll drop by for a co-host spot or an interview on the spot. Tune in to Loving That Sports Talk with James Loving every Wednesday at noon Pacific Time, 3 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Sports Channel. The Voice America Live Events page is here now to showcase your corporate, individual, or organization's live event. Visit voiceamerica.com forward slash live events to see all of our past live events and find out more. Whether it's a multi-day conference, special speaker, or single-day event, we've got everything to make your event a success. We can do a few hours or a few days. For more information about taking your event to the next level, call Jeff Spinard at 480-294-6417 or email info at voiceamerica.com. Again, that's Jeff Spinard at 480-294-6417 or send us an email to info at voiceamerica.com. Your internet flagship station for sports. Voice America Sports. 
You're tuned in to Winning Ponies with your host, John Engelhart. Got a tip for us? Need a tip from us? If you want to talk with John or his guests, the phone lines are now open toll-free at 1-888-346-9144. That's 1-888-346-9144. Or you can send an email to show at winningponies.com. Now, back to Winning Ponies with John Engelhart. All right, and back with a gentleman I'm proud to call a friend of mine. I've watched his growth in the industry. Mike Penna, currently the president of Horse Racing Radio Network, and he's the anchor for all the broadcasts, pretty much does a whole lot of traveling. I don't know if he gets paid in cash or by the mile, but he's all over the place. And this week... He's in Saratoga and uh, just got a uh, press release that came out telling us that uh, Horse Racing Radio Network will be providing the exclusive coverage of America Pharaoh's run in the 146th running of the Traverse Stakes. I've only been there for about 90 of them, but I'm looking forward to this year's. Mike, how you doing? <laughs> John, always great to be with you, my friend. Thanks for having me on. Well, it's pretty exciting, and I know it's hard to capsulize several years in just a couple of minutes, but uh, describe kind of the conception of Horse Racing Radio Network and where you went from one microphone to uh, a nationwide broadcast with a bunch of great uh, partners and guests. Yeah, no, I appreciate that. Yeah, as you well know, it started uh, just about 10 years ago. This is actually our 10-year anniversary here in 2015. And we started with one AM station in Lexington, Kentucky. And I can remember getting to know you in the early days when we were just traveling to Turfway Park in northern Kentucky and over to Churchill Downs in Louisville and doing some shows from there. And we would broadcast back to our one AM station. And then at, at some point along the way, early on, I kind of got the idea that it might be neat to take this thing to a bigger level and just see how it would go. So at the time, my partner was a gentleman by the name of Pete Coolis, who was in his 70s at the time. And, and John, he had a resume, as you well know, uh, as long as your arm in radio. He had worked with, with Paul Harvey, and he had done some prize fights on radio, and his true passion was horse racing. So together, it just kind of clicked. And we started calling stations around the country, asking them if they'd be interested in carrying horse racing on radio, of all things. And we got enough stations to say yes, and it just kind of grew from there. And over the past 10 years now, we've been fortunate enough to be involved with all the premier events in the sport, uh, broadcasting the Triple Crown since 2011, uh, the Breeders' Cup since 2007, and then, uh, you know, of course, all the big races in between. And it's just been an amazing ride. And to see where it is now uh, on Sirius XM nationwide and, and on more than 180, 190 affiliates, I guess, is what we worked with for the Triple Crown this year. It's It's somewhat surreal, but also kind of neat to see. Yeah, it really is. And again, as I told you, as long as you don't step on uh, my time slot, I'll be tuning into yours on a regular (laughs) basis. Uh, I don't know if you could grow much anymore. I mean, uh, you pretty much uh, dominate the the road to the Breeders' Cup uh, on what we call HRRN. And uh, but you, you've added some other things, uh, such as uh, a trainer talk and jock talk. Uh, tell us about the concept there and how it's going. Yeah, unfortunately, those are on from six to seven Eastern, so they don't interfere, which is kind of nice. And uh, yeah, it it uh, those are the shows that we launched uh, a few years ago on Sirius XM, and they're our, our weekday programming. And and I always thought it would be neat to sit down and talk with jockeys and trainers and talk with them 
not just about the horses that they're running now, but more about their life and how they got started in the game and some of the people that helped them along the way. And then to hear their stories on some of their most memorable moments that they've had in the sport of thoroughbred racing. And that was kind of the brainchild behind Trainer Talk when I launched that a few years ago. And that's our Wednesday night feature, uh, which folks, folks can catch uh, at 6 o'clock every Wednesday night. And then last year I got the idea that it would be kind of neat to have a, a jock talk program as well and do the same with jockeys and hear their stories. And let me tell you, John, as you know probably better than anybody, those jockeys have such great stories and they are fascinating. And to hear how so many of them got to where they are today and what they've had to overcome is really remarkable. So I've enjoyed those programs every Tuesday night and then we, we added a call-in show on Thursday nights and a, a preview show, a weekend preview show on Fridays, which is kind of our, our lone handicapping show on the network. So uh, there's kind of something for everybody uh, throughout the week. Well, uh, you're, you're partnered up there now with uh, Jude Feld and Anthony Stabile. How are things going at Saratoga? How are things setting up for the weekend? Paint the picture for us. Yeah, it's going to be uh, obviously a gigantic weekend with the Triple Crown winner coming here for the, the 146 Travers, and we're just thrilled to be part of it and to provide that coverage. Uh, yeah, Anthony will be here. He's coming in tomorrow. Jude gets here tomorrow. Acacia Courtney, former Miss Connecticut, she's part of the broadcast team throughout Saratoga. She's going to be here tomorrow as well. Um, and it, it should be just a, a gigantic show, not just because of the fact that you have American Pharaoh here in the Travers, but... We come on the air Saturday afternoon at 3 o'clock Eastern time, and as you know, there are, there are six grade one races on the program here on this Super Saturday, and we are going to be able to cover five of those live. We're going to have the personal ensign on tape delay because that goes just a little bit before we go on at 3 o'clock. So we'll technically have all six races uh, out there on national radio, and boy, to, to see the Pharaoh here, and get we followed him all the way through the Triple Crown preps and then to follow him through the Triple Crown and be able to be there at Belmont doing that coverage was pretty remarkable. And now to, to get to broadcast him in the Midsummer Derby is just, um, it's such a treat, and, and let's, uh, you know, let's hope he gets it done. Now, now this Saturday, for our listeners, I want to make sure that it's uh, Sirius 93, XM 93, or you can always go to horseracingradio.net. And am I missing anything? <laughs> no, you got it. And that's probably the best thing for listeners to do. If they go to our website, horseracingradio.net, they can pull up our entire schedule. They can get a listing of affiliates and Sirius XM information for all of our shows, even the weekday shows. And then they can go ahead and listen online as well. So it's probably the best way to do it. Of course, Saturday morning, we're going to be here with our, our weekly talk show, the Equine Forum show from 8 to 10. Just got confirmation a few minutes ago that trainer Keith DeSormo is going to be with us on the program. Hall of Famer Gary Stevens also going to be with us. And potentially jockey Victor Espinosa, assuming he can fit it into his schedule. So that, that should be a full show on Saturday morning as well. You know, Mike, uh, I don't know if you've experienced the same thing I have, but sometimes, you, you know, you get a little gun shy or microphone shy calling these guys. And I am so impressed with the people in our industry that are willing to give their time to guys like Mike Penna and John Engelhart. Yeah. Every single person that is involved with this sport at a high level has been unbelievably gracious with their time. And I'm sure you've experienced the same thing, John. And and you do. You, you get this, especially when I was first getting started, you really got gun shy when you were trying to approach them. And my biggest thing, and I'm sure it is with you as well, is that you always want to respect their time because 
you know, the trainers are working in the mornings, especially when we do that show from 8 to 10 on a Saturday morning. They're working. Jockeys are out there galloping horses in the morning, so they're also doing their jobs. And you hate to interfere, but you kind of get to the point after a while where you get to, to know them well enough and they get to know you well enough where you feel okay asking them, and uh, you, but you certainly understand if they're too busy to do it. But we've been you know, so fortunate and so blessed to be able to be part of it and to have them be part of what we're doing here on the show. Yeah, and you also have to deal with time zones and dark days and things like that. So, uh, you know, it's a, a, bit of, a bit of a checker game, but hopefully sometimes you're able to hop around and get the job done, as I know you have, successfully. Well, listen, uh, while we've both been concentrating on Saratoga, and rightfully so, I've got to get your read on Beholder's Pacific Classic. It was breathtaking, and I was here in Saratoga, so I watched it on television. Jude was actually on location with uh, another gentleman, Jeff Loom, that works with us, and they had the coverage on site at Del Mar, so they were fortunate enough to be there. Yeah, it, it just took my breath away. I've always been a huge Beholder fan, and that move that she made, when Gary said go, John, she just went by horses like, like they were tied to a post. And yep. I thought, okay, well, maybe she moved just a little bit too early, and there were some pretty good closers in there, especially her stablemate, Catch a Flight, and she was able to just run away from the boys and, and put them all away. And I think if they went around again, they weren't going to catch her. She's just that good and that classy. And the thing that strikes me, about Beholder is every time she's been doubted, and there have been several times in her career that people have said she can't go that far. She can't get two turns. She can't get a mile and an eighth. She can't get a mile and a quarter. Well, guess what? She keeps jumping up, and she keeps proving everybody wrong, and she is just so brilliant. And whether she goes in the classic or not, I don't know, but boy, wouldn't that be fun if she could square off with the likes of American Pharaoh and Honor Code and, and the top older horses. No, oh, oh, people would be digging tunnels to get into Keeneland that don't have tickets. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> yeah, I mean, they would. talk about a race of historic proportion. It would be fantastic. Well, I, I know that Baffert's been a little gun shy. You know, he's pretty much stated it in the media. Let's face it, I was there the day that a horse by the name of Onion beat the great secretariat. Anybody can get beat up there, but uh, I'll tell you what, it looks to me like the race is for place. Yeah, it's the graveyard of champions, and that's certainly in the back of their mind, I'm sure. But when you look at this particular race on Saturday afternoon and you look at the pace scenario, it really plays into American Pharaoh's hands because there aren't any other horses that figure to go out there on the lead with him early. So assuming that he breaks well from that number two post position, Victor should be able to put him on the lead, control the pace all the way around, and much like the Haskell, uh, by the time they hit the top of the stretch, he might be long gone at that point. It might be too much for everybody to overcome. With that being said, he's going to have a couple of quality horses running at him at the end, and Texas Red and Frosted, who were 1-2 in the Jim Dandy. Keen Ice, as we know, uh, no slouch. He doesn't seem to, to get there on top very often, but he's a horse that has a pretty good late kick. And Taylor Verve for Dallas Stewart, who was second in the Preakness, is another one that will be running at him through the stretch. So, He's going to need to bring his A game, but from all reports, he's doing extremely well. He looked great on the track this morning, and of course, tomorrow morning, he's going to have that gallop in front of a huge crowd uh, right around 8.45 Eastern, so can't wait to be there for that. All right. Well, we've been talking with Mike Penna, and don't forget, it's Sirius 93, XM 93, or always horseradio.net, where you can tune in 
and get Horse Racing Radio Network. Mike Benna, thanks a lot for spending time with us tonight. Have a great time. Enjoy the races. John, always a pleasure, my friend. Thanks so much. Okay, we're going to take a quick break. We get back. I'm going to have a challenge for Dan Elman breaking down perhaps what would be one of the best racing cards up until the Breeding Breeders' Cup all year long. You're listening to Winning Ponies. The fans now have a voice to speak their mind. No holds barred. They need to bitch his ass and then move on. I just, I just think that the coach made a mistake. All crazy. <laughs> NFL, MLB, NBA, NHL. Speak up. Speak up. Or forever hold your mouth. We ain't playing around here. Voice America Sports. And they're off. What? Can't make it to the track? You can still get all the action with winningponies.com, the home of the easy win form. The most accurate predictions on thoroughbreds, quarters, and Arabian horses at most American and Canadian tracks. Whether it be the Triple Crown, Breeders' Cup, Travers, Haskell, or your daily races, don't worry. Let winningponies.com make some money for you. The Voice America Live Events page is here now to showcase your corporate, individual, or organization's live event. Visit voiceamerica.com forward slash live events to see all of our past live events and find out more. Whether it's a multi-day conference, special speaker, or single-day event, we've got everything to make your event a success. We can do a few hours or a few days. For more information about taking your event to the next level, call Jeff Spinard at 480-294-6417 or email info at voiceamerica.com. Again, that's Jeff Spinard at 480-294-6417 or send us an email to info at voiceamerica.com. Sports and medicine go hand in hand. Quite simply, if you aren't up to your game health-wise, you won't be up to your game on the field. That's where Bruce the Sports Doc comes in. Dr. Bruce Grossinger uses his medical training and experience to bring you a link between sports and medicine. From the latest advances and treatments to discussion behind the injuries of the week, Bruce the Sports Doc and his team of guest experts are here each week to lay it on the line in terms that you can understand. Tune in every Tuesday at 5 p.m. Eastern, 2 p.m. Pacific on the Voice America Sports Channel. It's ElkQuest 2015 this week on The Revolution with Jim and Trev, presented by Outdoor Channel. And we've got Elk Hotspots, plus all of the guides, gear, and calling tips that you'll ever need to be successful. Our guest will be Bill Gorman from L.O. Bean Guide to the Outdoors, Michael Hunsucker of Heartland Bowhunter. Plus survival guru Tim McWelch and Pagosa Springs, Colorado elk expert Mark Crane. And it's presented to you by Outdoor Channel at OutdoorChannel.com. Friday afternoons at 1 Pacific Time on the Voice America Sports Channel. Okay, sports fans, here's your opportunity to discuss football, America's favorite sport. On an annual basis, millions of people attend, watch, and listen to football, both pro and college. Ray Ellis Sports, an internet talk radio show, was developed with the fan in mind. Join host, former Philadelphia Eagles and Cleveland Browns strong safety, Ray Ellis, on Voice America Sports every Tuesday at 1 p.m. Pacific for exciting, interactive football discussions from the fans' perspective. Tune in every Tuesday at 1 p.m. Pacific to Ray Ellis Sports right here on the Voice America Network and let's talk football. Your internet flagship station for sports, Voice America Sports.
You're tuned in to Winning Ponies with your host, John Engelhart. Got a tip for us? Need a tip from us? If you want to talk with John or his guests, the phone lines are now open toll-free at 1-888-346-9144. That's 1-888-346-9144. Or you can send an email to show at winningponies.com. Now, back to Winning Ponies with John Engelhart. All right, and with me, one of my returning guests, because I think he's one of the most uh, entertaining guys on uh, the Internet and on the radio, uh, Dan Elman from the Daily Racing Forum. He's a guy that for many years specialized in handicapping the babies. A lot of the big baby races took place last week. This week, uh, we're going up to the spa for what is one of the most sensational cards I've seen put together in a long time. Dan Elman from Brooklyn, New York. How are you? Doing great, John. Always nice to talk to you. Well, uh, it, it's been an exciting week on a couple of fronts. Uh, we finally got to see Jess's dream get unveiled up at the spa. I'm sure a baby you've been watching for quite a while. And uh, as I just uh, spoke with Mike Penna from uh, Horse Racing Radio Network, one of the most uh, thrilling races that I've seen in a long, long time took place out at Del Mar. It's a Pacific Classic. I'm sure you know the old adage, uh, don't ever bet on a horse to do something it's never done. And uh, let's face it, Beholder, a filly, had never raced against the boys, had never gone a mile and a quarter. But my God, what a fashion she did it in. She was sensational. I mean, she got a trip, let's be honest. You know, you had uh, Byron and Midnight Storm go out there, and they hooked horns really early, and they went fast. Beholder was sitting in third, uh, about six, seven lengths behind them. But, boy, when Gary Stevens, I don't even think he asked her. I think she did it all on her own, and she just exploded to the lead. She dominated that field. She's very, very good. And she throws herself right into the the ring for a Breeders' Cup Classic. And, obviously, uh, a lot more is going to be known about the Breeders' Cup Classic after this Saturday's Travers, but uh, as you said with Mike, uh, American Pharaoh versus Beholder, your horse player or racing fan couldn't ask for much more. No, they really couldn't, and B. Wade Hughes, the player and horseman and sportsman that he is, has already indicated that if she's 100% sound at the end of the season, he's going to keep her running. I think that's fantastic. Well, that's fantastic, again, for the racing fan. We need superstars in this game that run time and time again, that even fans that are kind of lapsed fans or weekend warriors or people that are just used to tuning in to the, for the big races, like the Breeders' Cup or the Triple Crown, well, they'll keep coming back if they know, well, Beholder's going to run this weekend. Uh, it, it's good for the game, and, you know, that it's a really sporting gesture to, if they can keep Beholder back in training because she's already raced longer than most super mares. Uh, it would be nice to have her back uh, next year, but we'll see what she does this year. She's going for her third Breeders' Cup uh, victory. That would be really something. It really would, and you know, uh, the buzz that Zenyatta brought to our sport, it would be fantastic to see uh, the uh, life breathe back into it through Beholder and, and watching her, and uh, she hasn't taken many bad steps ever since. I mean, uh, three for three, or four for four now this season, and uh, you know, her only injury during her career was when it was an odd thing. She got kicked one time. Uh, it's not like she had to go to Dr. Bromledge or anything like that. So she really has been a sound horse, and I hope we see her again next year. 
And Dick Mandel has done a remarkable job with her because she is not the easiest horse to train. She has a mind of her own, and uh, she's had a few illnesses. She had that little freak accident when a horse kicked her. But to be honest, uh, she's very sound, and you just got to keep her happy. And sometimes that's a little bit uh, of a challenge, but you can't argue with what Mandel has done. He's, he's a fantastic horseman. And the horse that she beat, Catch a Flight, another Mandela trained runner, he ran his race. He ran his usual race in the Pacific Classic, and it was what, seven, eight lengths worse than Beholder? Uh, that was a tremendous performance. We'll see what happens if she continues down the road. It'll be interesting to see where she goes next. Does she go straight to the Breeders' Cup? Does she go in that prep race for fillies and mares at Santa Anita? Does she run in the awesome again? Uh, it's going to be fun the road to the Breeders' Cup. It really is. And, of course, a big part of that road is going to be paved along Union Avenue on Saturday up at Saratoga. Uh, This is a race that my family used to call a holy race of obligation. Whatever part of the country you were in on Travers Day, we all met in the paddock at a picnic table and got together. Um, And then, like an idiot, I got a job at a racetrack and I couldn't go anymore. But (laughs) the Travers, of course, 146 runnings uh, will take place uh, this year. And uh, it's brought an American pharaoh. I believe you have probably read between the lines that Baffert wasn't really, really crazy, but the Zayat family did want to be there. Because let's face it, you win the Kentucky Derby and the Midsummer Derby, you've stamped yourself in history. Oh, there's no doubt about it. I mean, American Pharaoh's already immortal due to his triple crown sweep and his performance in the Haskell was breathtaking as well. Fastest race ever for him and on a buyer speed figure scale with a 109 and he was geared down the last eighth of a mile. I don't want to have too much money in against him on Saturday for, for all the reasons that Mike Penna mentioned earlier. There's no pace in the race, and if you give a very good horse an easy lead, he's going to make you pay each and every time. The break is obviously important. If Victor breaks American Pharaoh as well as he's been getting him out of the gate in most of his races, it could be all over after a half mile because I don't see a lot of speed that's going to run with him. Upstart's a fast horse, but does Upstart really want to get involved in an enervating duel with American American Pharaoh that would perhaps chew up American Pharaoh, but more than likely chew up Upstart as well. Uh, again, everything, anything can happen at Saratoga. You talked about Onion uh, upsetting uh, Secretariat. You've, you've no upset, of course, beat Man of War, and didn't Jim Dandy beat Gallant Fox at 100 to 1 or something like that? Yes, sir. I, I, I just don't know if we're going to see that upset here. I think uh, as a racing fan, I want to root with all my heart for American Pharoah. As a handicapper, I see, what, eight consecutive triple-digit buyer speed figures in the main speed in the race. Uh, I think I'm just going to enjoy the show. I think Texas Red's a really good horse. And if you had told uh, Keith DeZormo January 1st, well, you're going to miss the Triple Crown. That's the best thing for this horse. He would have laughed in your face. But at the end of the day, he avoided all the beatings that American Pharaoh has been giving out to his opponents by that little injury. And it looks like Texas Red has come back better than ever. I just don't know how he can overcome the tactical advantage that American Pharaoh owns in this race. Uh, I, I think Pharaoh gets it done. I agree, and there have been recent whispers within the last couple of hours that Rick Violet's scratching his head, and he's really thinking, you know, with all these horses knocking each other out, why don't I go down to the Pennsylvania Derby and pick up my share of a million bucks? 
Makes makes sense. An upstart's a really nice horse. A mile and a quarter is probably too far for him. And I'm sure Violet was relieved to see that this horse bounced back from that horrible effort in the Kentucky Derby with a really good performance in the Haskell. It just wasn't an American Pharaoh's League. And if Upstart doesn't run, boy, does, does Frosted or Texas Red try to take the initiative and go after American Pharaoh early? Because if not them, then who? And if no one goes after American Pharaoh, it turns into a tour de force. Well, I really thought that Jim Dandy was a very entertaining race, and I have to give a lot of credit uh, to Karen McLaughlin and and Frosted. And it sure looks like he's on his toes right now up at the spa with that uh, bullet work he had the other day. It really worked very well, and Frosted had that hiccup in the Fountain of Youth where supposedly they thought there was a little bit of a breathing issue, and since then, he's run perfectly fine. The Wood Memorial was an excellent performance. He won that race in ridden-out fashion. In the Kentucky Derby, he was the only horse really in the race to make up any kind of meaningful ground, and in the Belmont, he was beaten by a better horse. I mean, he, he tried American Pharaoh at the top of the stretch, and American Pharaoh laughed at him. But in the Jim Dandy, he gave a solid performance. There wasn't a lot of pace, but I'm just not sure he's as good as Texas Red. Texas Red fended him off the entire stretch drive. Frosted could not gallop out past Texas Red. Maybe it was a pure prep, and Kieran's going to have him sitting dead red second time off the uh, layoff, and he does have the race over the track, something that American Pharaoh doesn't have. But I don't know. I think if you watch the Belmont Stakes, you you know who the best horse is uh, at American Pharaoh. There's a better horse than Frosted, I think. I like the storyline behind Texas Red, too, with the DeSormo brothers. You've got a, a Keeneland a horse that cost $17,000. And uh, just real brief, can you allude to, uh, was it exaggerated? Because I know you're big on your babies. Exaggerator. He's a very professional two-year-old. I mean, he had all kinds of trouble in the Saratoga Special, bottled up in behind horses, angled down to the rail, uh, did everything really nicely, changed leads on cue, rallied up the inside. A lot of folks are buzzing about him. I just think he beat nothing in the Saratoga Special. We'll learn a lot more if he shows up for the hopeful or wherever he shows up next. But so far in his career, they've thrown some adversity at him traffic-wise, and he shrugged it off. I think he's a good little horse that's certainly bred to go further. Uh, The competition is going to get tougher in the upcoming races. Well, it'll be interesting. We see if he can be the next Texas Red. Okay, let me throw some fastballs at you now. A mile and an eighth, a personal ensign, a grade one. Is this going to be a great rematch between Stop Charging Maria and Untappable? It's going to be a great rematch between Stock Charging Maria and Untappable, and they're both going to get beat by Sheer Drama, who I am just Sheer Drama's biggest fan. Uh, I think David Fox has done a fantastic job with her. She shows up each and every time, coming off a rock-solid win in the Delaware Handicap at a mile and a quarter. Turn back, hits her right between the eyes. She's working well at Gulfstream, and most importantly, she's got great tactical speed. There is not a lot of pace in this race. Uh, I'm a big sheer drama fan, and I'm expecting a huge effort on Saturday. Okay, I'm sure the listeners are happy to hear that because everybody was getting ready to box up the four and six in that. Dan Illman taking sheer drama. Well, uh, we've got a half a million and a grade one in the seventh race. A, a, a interesting distance, seven furlongs in the ballerina. Here kind of looks like uh, the, the three that you got to zone in on are La Verdad, Dame Dorothy, and perhaps a street story who gets a slight weight break from the top two I mentioned. 
nice to see that Street Story is going to finally catch a race with a little bit of pace because in her last few races, I, I think that the front runners got away with murder. I'm just not sure how good Street Story is. I think Laverdot is the best filly in the race. The problem is the seven for a long distance. She has blazing early speed. She's yet to win at seven, and you wonder against top class competition if she can get seven furlongs. I have to use her because I think she's the best horse in the field. Uh, I'm also, though, going to use uh, Mary Meadow, who's stepping back up in class after a solid win in the Gulf, in the Princess Rooney at Gulfstream. I think she has the ability to sit just off Laura Verdad, and I think she'll get the seven better than that foe. And I'll also use uh, Unbridled Forever. And Dallas Stewart has always had a nice horse in Unbridled Forever, but I think they finally found out what she wants to do last time out. She's a closing sprinter, and if you give her some pace, seven furlongs is right what she wants. She's going to be rallying strongly down the center of the track at a good price. So i got to spread a little bit in here. i got to use the two, the three, and the six. I think Laverdot might be the most likely winner and the best horse, but I'm just not sure I trust her at seven furlongs. I'm going to try to bet against Dame Dorothy, and I've been betting against Dame Dorothy all year long, and she's been beating me all year long. But in the better roses, she couldn't have had an easier time of it on the lead. I mean, when you have graded stakes caliber mares going 47-3 and three to the half in a seven for a long race, you know there's no pace. And Dame Dorothy benefited greatly. She's four for four at seven furlongs. It's Pletcher and Castellano. She's a win machine. But I think she's an underlay if she goes off anything close to a three to one odd. So I'll try to beat her with the two, three, and seven. Well, what I... Uh enjoy looking at the past performances of Laverdad is what Linda Rice has done. And I just think that this mare as a five-year-old has blossomed in. As you see, she's taken to the, the same path, the Dancing Renee, the Honorable Miss, and now she's going into the ballerina. She uh, did not win those final two last year, but right now she's four for four, took the same steps moving up into this race, and I really feel as strong as that she won the uh, Honorable Miss that seven furlongs is not beyond her grasp. So she's going to be the one I'm going to key on top of several of the horses I believe you just mentioned. Well, she's certainly the one to catch, and she's always was very fast, but she has gotten consistent as she's gotten older and reached peak maturity, and you have to credit Linda Rice with this job. She's managed uh, Lava Dodd beautifully, and we'll see if she can get the seven. She's very, very talented. All right. Well, coming in to race number eight, another seven furlong race. It's always an interesting di uh, distance. The King's Bishop, grade one, half a million dollars. Um, you got kind of a mixed bag here. Uh, this race is for three-year-old boys, and uh, it looks like perhaps Holy Bull might be cresting the top and that seven furlongs would be within his reach. But then you got D. Wayne Lucas with the question mark horse, Mr. Z, who's just been all over the world, turning back to seven furlongs. Uh, and let's not leave out Todd Pletcher in competitive edge. When you're two for two at Saratoga, you're dangerous no matter what. Uh, give, give me a read on these and any of the other ones that you liked in the King's Bishop. Well, this race is a real barn burner. Uh, it is every single year. The the race that all three-year-old sprinters aspire to is the King's Bishop. I'm not sure I trust Holy Boss as far as I can throw him, and I know he's won his last four races, but last time out in the Amsterdam, I thought he got a really easy trip stalking on the outside against weaker horses, and he'll get a similar trip here. There's a lot of gas to his inside, and Holy Boss will be stalking. I just think three-to-one is an underlay on him. Mr. Z, you got to kind of root for him a little bit because... 
you know, he's still eligible for a non-winners of two other than, he's probably the best non-winners of two other than horse in the entire country. I think this is what he wants to do. He wants to turn back into a sprint. I think he's a miler at heart, and seven furlongs isn't going to be a problem. I just wonder how much upside does he have left. He has 16 races. We've probably seen his best already. The key to the race is competitive edge. Competitive edge is the most naturally talented horse in the race. If you saw him win the hopeful last year as a two-year-old, you knew that he was Todd's best three-year-old to be over the winter. It didn't matter if it was Materiality or Kozan, who's been sidelined, or Carpe Diem. Competitive Edge was the best one. Whether Todd could have gotten him ready off the injury-induced layoff in time for the Derby, well, he couldn't. But then he beat Mr. Jordan easily in his return. That's an okay horse. He won the Pat Day Mile easily. Give me the Lutz, the nice horse. The Woody Stevens was a disaster. He stubbed his toe there. Then they tried him in the Haskell. First time two turns against American Pharaoh. I'm not exactly sure what Todd was thinking. I think seven furlongs at Saratoga. You mentioned the two-for-two mark. He was brilliant here last year. I think he's going to sit a trip right off the speedy Grand Bealey, the two for Javier Castellano. And Listen, I'm expecting competitive edge to run back to the Pat Day mile, and if he does, these horses are in trouble. <laughs> well stated. Dan Elman from the Daily Racing Forum. I'm really putting him through the grill here, but he's doing a great job at keeping up with it because there are just so many great races at Saratoga this weekend, and there'll be a lot of cross-racing uh, pick threes, pick fours, and the pools will be huge. Well, let's go to another seven-furlong race. It's the grade one, four-go. Now, this one is for the three and up, and... Uh, the, the horse that I can't help but be drawn to is the horse that won this race last year, the King's Bishop. Uh, he, I know that he had a little break in his training, exactly what reason uh, for Tony Dutrow, I do not know. But I thought that comeback in the uh, Vanderbilt was sensational. And another horse, four course, three starts at the spot, two wins in a second. I think the Big Beast, and by the way, contrary to popular belief, the Big Beast was not named for my mother-in-law. <laughs> Although I can understand how many people, uh, you know, make that mistake. <laughs> Big Beast is, you know, he's aptly named. He's this giant monster when you see him on the track. He doesn't like to be in and among horses, and it's up to John Velasquez to get him outside. I think he's one of the best sprinters in the entire country. You mentioned the King's Bishop, and unfortunately, after that performance, he got injured. He came back at Oaklawn. He pounded a good field of older horses. The Carter Handicap, you can draw a line right through that race. There was no pace whatsoever. He got buffeted around in between horses entering the turn, was widest top uh, turning for home, and that was a race that was dominated by speed horses racing inside, that the race flow just didn't work uh, for the big beast. Last time out off an April to August layoff, he caught Rockfall, who a lot of folks believe is the best sprinter in the country, and the big beast had to go after Rockfall early. John Velasquez uncharacteristically dropped the whip at the eighth pole. And yeah. I wonder if that was the difference in the race because John had to get the goggles out and started going left-handed with the goggles on the big beast. And I just don't think it's the same. He got beat a dirty nose, galloped out past Rockfall. Seven is what he wants. It's up to Johnny for this horse to break and get outside private zone, who's the main speed in the race. If he does, I think we're going to have a really fantastic stretch battle because private zone wants to fight you. And I think the Big Beast wants to fight you as well. But I think the Big Beast has all the upside right now. That's where I'm going in the forego. Boy, I love it when uh, Dan Elman agrees with me. And uh, underneath, uh, um, 
the uh, private zone is just always so quick and always so fast, but has, does not have the benefit of ever racing over Saratoga Strip. It's something to consider, to be sure. You know, he really loves Belmont Park. The Vosburg is his race. I think he's going to go for a three-peat there in the fall this year. He's the main speed in this race, though, and, and you have to always take him, take him seriously. If you're looking for horses underneath the big beast, I think I'm going to be keying the big beast in my wagers. You could certainly use private zone. There's not a ton of value there. Race day, I think, is going to really appreciate turning back in distance. He was very good early this year for Todd Pletcher. I think Tamara Kuz for Kieran McLaughlin. That meant mile. He made a middle move right into the teeth of a fast pace, and he stayed on okay. And even Saludos Amigos, you know, what has he done wrong in in his last 10 starts or so for David Jacobson? If this pace comes apart, and I'm not sure it will because it appears private zones the main speed unless Wildcat Red goes with him, maybe Saludos Amigos gets a piece. Again, I'm keying in on the big beast, but there are options underneath if you want to try to make some money. Well, I think that, that's the way you're going to do it. It's going to be... Uh a great, great betting day up at Saratoga. And I'll tell you what, Dan, I've, you've done a fantastic job of speeding through uh, these graded stakes races. And, uh, well, we, we come to the, the the Sword Dancer, a grade one, a million dollars, a rare distance in North America, a mile and a half on the inner turf. And uh, while the top three of the Bowling Green are coming in here all with very good credentials. I can't take my eye off the British bred Flintshire. No, he's way the horse to beat. I mean, look at the horses he's been running against. And you can argue he's a bit of a tough, tough luck horse. I mean, he was second in the Breeders' Cup turf behind main sequence. He ran a, a winning race there. And last time out, he took on the super Philly Trev. And if you watch a tape of that race, he tried his heart out all the way down to the wire. And he must have been like in the stretch, really, I have to face Trev? Because he was easily second best. And look at the horses he's facing here. I mean, they're really nice, hard hitters. I mean, we've seen Imagining, and we've seen twice. Twilight Eclipse, and we've seen all of these horses, and we know they're okay. If Flincher can can duplicate his European form, he's going to be very, very tough to beat. Now, Andre Fab has said he's a better horse around a right-handed course, and he's not going to get that at Saratoga. And he was supposed to run in the King George up in England, and, well, it rained, and they didn't want to run him on a rain-soaked turf course. So if you want to try to knock the favorite by saying this wasn't his original spot, this might not be the kind of course he wants, that's perfectly fine. At the end of the day, he's just a better horse than the, one he's, the ones he's going to face on, uh, on Saturday. And I, I just think if Flincher comes back to, to three-quarters of his best form, he's going to win. The question is, how can you make money in the race? I think Red Rifle's in very good form right now for Pletcher, but I need to see it again after his win in the Bowling Green. Maybe you get the other a European runner. Guardini's going to be a gigantic price. There's nothing in his past performances to me that indicate that he can't run with these horses. So I'll use Guardini uh, for an all-European uh, exacta. <laughs> I love him. I guess the way, the way to do it is to, is to find uh, horses underneath or to maybe use them as your anchor and uh, probably, you know, maybe go a little bit deeper uh, in, in the King's Bishop that seems uh, that awful tough with a lot of different angles. Well, uh, speaking of... Um, taking off a race because of rain. I know you're uh, downstate. How are things looking for uh, going up Route 81 on Saturday weather-wise? 
Well, so far, thank goodness, it's looking great. Although American Pharaoh, as we saw in the Preakness, not only can he run, not only can he fly, but he can swim. So if it rains, <laughs> it's not going to be an issue for American Pharaoh either. Uh, but we all want to see a nice fair racetrack on a big day of racing. And so far, so good. And uh, hopefully the weathermen are right. Well, um, your compadre, I believe Matt, is going to be up there doing a little bit of a TV time. What are we going to see on uh, DRF Live on Saturday? I'll be uh, joined via Skype with the always talented uh, Marcus Hirsch, a fantastic handicapper, and we'll take you from 2 p.m. Eastern all the way through the finale at Saratoga. So we'll have the entire guaranteed pool pick six, all of the graded stakes races, and we're going to have a lot of fun. So if you head on over to live.drf.com, you'll get the video, uh, and it is free. And it, it is free and it is fun, as I have told people on these airwaves before. It's kind of like you got a free press pass and you get to sit next to some of the best handicappers in the country. And then while you're there, you can also look at the other uh, DRF Live input from uh, cappers across the country. Yeah, I, what's great about DRF Live is you get um, you get everybody's insights, and they're all at the at the track, as you mentioned. I, I think that's a great analogy. Uh, you're in the press box with everybody because uh, a lot of times, if you're sitting at home or if you're in the simulcast parlor, maybe you'll miss something. But with DRF Live, everyone's got their eyes looking for a winner and trying to make uh, make a score, and, and hopefully, hopefully, the fans could benefit as well. Well, like I said, there's a lot of good updates. You know, you've got uh, people down there eyeballing them in the paddock and telling us uh, things that have happened in the, uh, during the afternoon's racing, and it really is its exciting, and, it, and it's just like being there. Uh, Dan Elman, I can't thank you enough for taking time out of your busy schedule uh, for, for being with us. Uh, you're, you're one of my favorite uh host, guest, whatever you want to call yourself on this show, uh, you, you have a great way of viewing it and even a better way of putting it out over the airwaves of your opinions. I really appreciate it, John. It's always great to talk to you. Uh, I hope you have a great weekend. I hope you do, too. It's going to be a fantastic one. We've been talking with Dale M- Sorry, Dan Illman from the Daily Racing Forum, uh, Mike Penna from Horse Racing Radio Network. There's going to be coverage all over the place. I hope you really enjoy yourself. Let's face it, folks, it's just going to be a fantastic weekend of racing, and all eyes are going to be on the spa. Well, thanks for listening to us this evening. Sorry about the technical difficulty at the top of the show. Remember, overlooking now the manicured turf course past the Ohio River to the hills of Kentucky, when you go to the races, bet with your head, not over it. Thanks for listening to Winning Ponies with John Engelhart. We know the information from today's show will help you at the next post. Keep listening for more next Thursday at 8 p.m. Eastern Time, 5 p.m. Pacific on the Voice America Sports Network. Thanks again for listening to the preceding program brought to you on the Voice America Sports Channel. For more information about our network and to check out additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit voiceamericasports.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit voiceamerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the preceding program are strictly those of the hosts or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management.